Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, those in between, to our podcast. Thank you for coming and letting us interrupt and or invade your ears. I'm in one ear and he's in the other. <laughs> well, I think we're in the same ear, but... Uh, well, you know, I guess it depends if you have one of those like splitter headphone type things, whatever it is. So today we start another brand new series. Uh, I don't know if I have any like funny names for it or humorous names but this one is anime adaptations in hollywood yeah we'll come up with something and i'll write it in the descriptions eventually (laughs) but what this is is basically everybody likes japanese animation it's it's really fun very creative a lot more is done with it and they have a bigger emphasis on it than over in america uh except for disney but even then they've kind of sanitized themselves sometimes Whereas sometimes Japanese animation is no holds bar. And, you know, there's been a, there's, there's ever since, I guess, you know, I don't even know when, but people have always wanted to see an adaptation of that work done in America for some reason by Hollywood. And I guess my question is why? Yeah. I feel like that's more the studios than, than viewers, but. uh, Okay. I guess. Yeah, no, fair enough. I think I would personally say, the other way around of, and this might mean bad stuff, but I'd like it so that studios would give money for those studios in Japan to make their own stuff, car blanche. They don't, it's, you know, the free reign to do whatever they want. The studios are just backing them, but they're not influencing them in any way. Other than you have to get it out by this date on this time. That's it. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool, but that'll never happen because studios would interfere so, so much. And there'd be um, confusion because of maybe language barrier. Who knows? So in in our inaugural episode here, um, one of the films, my brief history of understanding, you know, when animation or Japanese animation came over to America, the film that kind of kicked it off was Akira. Um in 88, that was the film, maybe not 88, I think it was, was it 91 or 92, that dub that came out, or not, whichever it was. Um, actually, it may have been 89. That broke through into the um, American Underground uh, B-movie cinema, I guess, or VHS, whatever it was, Laserdiscs. But unfortunately, we don't have an adaptation of that in Hollywood, unless you count Chronicle. I don't even know if that was a Hollywood ad, uh, or funded movie at all. Or if Josh Trank did that in his own. Yeah, him and Max Landis. Yeah, there you go. So I went for the next best thing and brought in Ghost in the Shell 2017 because that was another film that also uh, broke through uh, the studios and it had a a, a fantastic dub at the time, still has that dub, uh, never been redubbed, which is nice at the time. And so I thought, you know what? Let's, let's, let's use, let's, let's watch this one. And one thing I'm going to set here is that I'm not looking to compare this at all to the original. Mm. I refuse. I actually will try not to. My attempt here, and maybe with the other films in the series, uh, or in the, yeah, this in this series we have now, is to see if it's a watchable movie that makes sense or not, and if it's <laughs> a good movie at all. That's my attempt. It's not to be faithful to the adaptation or to the the original, it's to see if it's actually like a a good movie, and so we will we will find out. 
Yeah, so if everyone can get their copy to timestamp zero, we'll jump in and take a look at this and see what we think. Do you have yours at timestamp zero? I do. Uh, it's kind of hard to find this on uh, illicit sites unless you like speaking <laughs> Russian. So have fun with that. It might most likely happen to be uh, legitimately purchased this time. But yes, get your copies to timestamp zero. And everybody, please press play right now. Yep, I'm at four seconds and nothing's popping up. Weird. Nope, neither am I. Oh, wait, there we go. There we go. Yeah, there's the, there's the Transformer stars. Yeah, the Paramount stars. Yep, Star Trek stars for me. The <laughs> uh, Avatar over uh, Avatars Overlords, excuse me. Lords. Yeah, and I was going to say, we did mildly... I mean, I guess you could retroactively say we already started this series with uh, the Wicked City. So, but I would—I made an argument that this, I, I specifically said Hollywood. That's not Hollywood. Yeah, that's really Hollywood. Yeah, I keep forgetting you say that. I say <laughs> I, at first I think I was going to do a live action, and we could do that as well. But I was like, no, I want to look at specifically at a Hollywood movie, not so much, you know, live action because you know that. That Wicked City, that probably is like one of the best live action translations, uh, adaptations of an animation property so far, I'll say that. Hey, we don't want to spoil our thoughts on this one yet. Look at that Shanghai Film Group. So I guess this is a half Hong Kong production, or maybe not half, but... Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see at the end. Oh, this one too. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, that is Chinese, so there's there's a lot of Chinese influence in here. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of studios put their work into this. <laughs> and should we start by talking a little bit about our history with Ghost in the Shell in this movie? I guess so. You go first if you don't mind. Oh yeah, Arid Productions. That's not yep. good. Aviarod is back. The hack returns. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, that's he's in Paramount this time instead of Sony. That's interesting. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell I saw before I saw Akira. Um it was um early on in my anime exploration um and i didn't fully understand it the first time i watched it but it was just so beautifully uh kind of animated that i just kept going back to it over and over again and so when me and you started discussing animation it was one of the first ones i mentioned of like if you haven't seen this like fucking watch this this is some amazing stuff and we saw this together that goes on shell 2017 when it first came out we saw the theater We we did I don't remember if it's opening day or if it was a couple days in. I, I can't remember for sure. I have the ticket stub uh, in my drawer, but I'm not bringing it out. Yeah. <laughs> I probably should. But, anyway. but I remember walking away thinking it wasn't really a real adaptation, but it took a lot of elements from multiple Ghost in the Shell things. Yes. And made kind of an interesting film in its own, but one that was ultimately not really worthy of the franchise is the way I remember thinking. Um, did you feel a similar way or I guess you can tell your history. So with me and regards to ghost, I hope one day we might be able to do like a, a speakeasy on ghost of shell, perhaps uh, the original one, of course, 95. Oh, absolutely. Uh, with a whole group of people, maybe I hope so. Um, but yeah, he introduced me to both Akira and Ghost in the Shell in 2016. And I watched Akira first and then uh, this, not this movie, but Ghost in the Shell 95. Um, Akira was a lot of fun. 
that move ghost in the shell was made me like question my my existence <laughs> mm-hmm. nothing i had seen before um maybe after yes but never having to question my existence that film hit me on a like like existential level oh that's wonderful um, a a magnificent film um i i can't give like high praise i've wanted to see a film of that magnitude since and I kind of got that with some of the Pat Labor films, but they're something completely, well, I don't want to say completely different, but I kind of think that that movie is just a Pat Labor movie in disguise, even though it's not. Oh, fascinating. I've never seen those. So, hmm. John Dykstra. Yeah. And I wanted to point out Clint Mansell doing the music, one of my all time favorite composers. So, hmm. this, uh, this opening kind of reminds me, uh, at least the music reminded me a bit of the opening to Deus Ex Human Revolution. At least uh, the the point of when um, the main character is being cyberized, or cyber guy, excuse me. Interesting. Hmm. But yes, the opening of that movie of of night. Sorry, yeah, nope. Gotta be careful here. <laughs> I, 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 there he is. There's Avia Red. Yeah, the music in this is very reminiscent of that original one, so it's hard not to think of it. Uh, sort of. I actually don't agree. It. It sounds a lot like Deus Ex to me more than uh, it does with that movie, but oh, cool! Hmm. Again, trying to avoid um, talking comparisons. I know it's supposed to come up, but again, I'm trying to treat this as its own thing, uh, this as a vacuum, and not, you know, based off of '95 or the books either. Yeah, I just meant more in terms of the vocals in the background, and we do actually at the end of the film, hear that theme that they played during that opening in the original. So. Yeah. The wedding, the wedding choir. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So we open this film, basically what looked like a woman coming into a hospital or a building who was part of an accident. She's very badly damaged. And then we see this robotic body of some sort of chassis being built to wonderful music and in zero gravity. Maybe it was made in space. Who knows? And then we wake up with this person here. So this is a adaptation and or remake of RoboCop 2014, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a sequel. That'd be funny if it was a sequel. I can actually see hmm. that being a, <laughs> that's interesting. I didn't really think about that comparison, but I can see it. Hmm. RoboCop 87. Yes, but RoboCop, 2014 that this could actually honestly be like a a sequel in that series if you think about it yeah like 70 years later or something yeah some large amount of time later uh except it's in japan instead of america which i have to say it was very bizarre in retrospect to think that this came out the same year as blade runner 2049 i was gonna bring that up and glad you did this was the same year as blade runner 2049 yeah i didn't think about it of course when we first watched this that how similar in some ways they were going to be, but very unusual. I, I, I don't fully remember if we talked about that afterwards. Um, it's like, Hey, you remember that this came out, this, uh, that, <laughs> that goes to show. I think I, I want to say I did like make mention of the fact that maybe that I, what did I say? I said like later in 2049 is a better ghost in the shell than, you know, this movie is. Uh, we weren't doing a podcast back then, so we don't have the record, but no. I feel like I forgot about this movie like immediately. Oh, I meant like, what is it? I meant uh, like in person, not like off recording. Yeah, yeah. I just mean in terms of we don't have uh, anything to fall back on in terms of our past conversations. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. 
you know, this actress here, I was trying to remember, was she in Godzilla? She was. She was. Yeah, she was the mom at the beginning of that who dies by uh, nuclear fallout and her nuclear ash. That's so funny. When I was watching this earlier today, I kept being like, what do I know her from? There's something on the tip of my tongue and then it finally came out there. (laughs) It's funny when that happens. I couldn't, I couldn't, it was like I could feel it in the back of my mouth, but I couldn't form the words until just now. Godzilla 2014. I only know that because of a review I saw and I was like, oh, because they made mention of how Quentin Tarantino was apparently moved by her performance in Godzilla 2014. Mm -hmm. Like he was seriously moved by that. Interesting. Oh yeah. That's a great, that's the best part of that movie. One year later, here we are. So, I mean, that's, this is the first thing I got to mention about this movie. I'm currently watching it on my old TV on blu-ray but earlier today i watched it on my 4k tv with my 4k blu-ray how did it look sir say power glove there um it almost did look like it said power glove <laughs> it looked miles better than it does on my my old tv so why exactly all right because you know this is you're in your recording room right now yeah my recording room oh, there you go but yeah no it, it really is a drastically stark difference of how amazing it looked earlier hmm. 4k really does improve things eh yeah, it's easy to forget, but it really does. <laughs> Until you're reminded. Uh, for, yeah, I guess Eric was right, even though the I still go by with the Best Buy dude from years ago. I could see someone looking at it and being like, there's like maybe a 17% difference. But that 17% is a big difference, I think. I mean, if it's a significant... But it got to be a, like a significant difference. That's the thing, eh? Yeah, I think it's different with a movie like this. Um... I don't know if there's that dramatic a difference between the Blu-ray and the 4K with a modern movie like this, but the old school restorations, I mean, it's night and day. Like my old 2001 A Space Odyssey Blu-ray compared to my 4K, I mean, it's just a stunning difference. Oh, this guy here. Fuck, I meant to look him up. Michael Winscott from The Crow, and the I know Crow. him from Darksiders 2 as Death. In Alien Resurrection, thank you. Yes. I've, once you mention the name, it immediately placed where I knew him from. Also from the North as well. Are you saying French Canadian or? No, he's, he's, I think he's from Toronto. Oh, interesting. You looked that up, but yeah, I thought he was going to have a larger role in this. And cause again, I've seen him in brief stuff. He was in, um, not around the time, but in 2014, he was in the 24, not legacy, but, uh, whatever that oh. sequel season was with Jack Bauer in it. He was in that. Oh, cool. I never watched that. Yeah. Oh, this guy here. What's his name? Araki? Tano, maybe? Uh, the actor. Oh, the actor. I don't remember the actor's name. Yeah, that guy's in... He plays a great role in Battle Royale. He's a director in his own right. Great director. Oh, okay. Yeah, very, very prominent uh, Japanese figure in film, that guy. Uh, accordingly, apparently a lot of people, uh, a lot of Japanese people said that he put on a terrible performance. It's a pretty weak performance. Yeah, <laughs> he's just going through the motions. It means I, 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 it meant nothing to me. I was just like, he's playing at Rocky, uh, who I know that is, but uh, but does the sorry, but does the role itself is he playing? Yeah, it was. So I guess we'll we'll get into it. I'll I'll say that, but, but to jump to the plot, um, basically before this 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 Mira character, uh, who's on top of the building, she is. Uh, basically the first of her kind she's in, in this whole in this universe there's never been a fully um 
was it convert not converted but a, a fully cyborg person where they have just brain in the head and the whole body is machine instead so she's the first of her kind and she's been assigned to um this this governmental section nine that is mm-hmm. uh anti-terrorism i believe oh looks like these robots here are not doing their uh their job the way they're supposed yeah, to this oh. gynoid is a little weird yeah, and we have this African government contingent that's kind of anti-robot. Um, I believe what they said was is actually uh, called they were called African Federation. So I guess just a bunch of like you know, I guess Africa is finally a country now instead of just like a continent like Australia. But they basically more like the like the United Emirates or something like a like a contingent rather than I guess so. That's fair. Um, but they. What is this place called? Um, the corporation is Hanukkah, I believe. Yeah, or Hanka, I believe. And they, yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> when Scott is uh, their spokesperson right now, and he's trying to, you know, uh, make a deal with them uh, to sell them, you know, the merchandise and uh, sell them the cybernetics because they're not anti-robot; they're more like because maybe because they embrace cyborgs, but they were, I guess, like fully uh, uh, converted cyborgs. That's what it is. Yeah, it's, it maybe they just more think that humans and technology should be separate more. Yeah, than that, whatever this company. I is clearly called. saw that the um, at least the the guy who was speaking, he had like what looked like some machinery on the side of his head, so he's not opposed to it, but like I guess fully becoming a cyborg, uh, they're they're against him. Yeah, fair enough, because they they don't know it yet, and they're 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 it's still like brand new technology, so makes sense i i assume but here we yeah. see she she fell from like several stories down from the roof um in a invisible bodysuit and then went completely visible again and i gotta point this out when she broke through the glass um in 4k it was like i could almost see every single like little dot of glass everywhere every shard of glass you say yeah i would call it a stunning visual sequence on my regular TV, my old Blu-ray, it was just like a blur of glass. Hmm. So that that's that tells you the difference right there. But yeah, what do you think about her bodysuit in this? How do you think it comes across? Well, um, maybe it means something in the original, but we're not talking about that. <laughs> yeah, not talking about the original, just in this. Um, but again, are you you're asking me in comparison to the original, or are you asking me as its own thing? As its own thing, what do you think? Okay, so she's going visible. I again, if it's well, you know, what? I'll let you 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 say first. I'm gonna I'm gonna Uno card you um, reverse. What do you think? Um, well, like the weird effect that they do, or she like at least in this sequence, I don't think they do it too much more in the movie. She's like walking around, and it's a little bit like juddery looking. Oh, I see what you mean. It's very pixely, like a little bit computery. Yeah. Um, I like the effect. Yeah, I, I just thought it looked a little strange. I, I don't know. I wasn't. It was kind of cool, but at the same time, I was like, I don't know how I fully feel about this effect. Like, it's a little. It looked a little better in the 4K, but on my Blu-ray, I was like, eh, I don't know. It just looks a little off to me for whatever reason. It looks. It looks like something. It looks like an effect that you would have in like a maybe like a science fantasy film or uh, property. Excuse me. Um, I kind of like that. It made me think of a video game. It, it honestly feels like a video game power that you would have where you can yeah. like distort your body. So you have like after images to 
um, make other cyborgs think that you're in one place, but you really aren't. Oh, I like that cat thing. That's kind of cool. That cat makes sense now. <laughs> I did watch this earlier today, as you uh, suggested. So not going into this blind, of course. Uh, now she's got to take her daily medicine, it seems. Yep. Wrong move, it turns out. And it's yeah. interesting that she did it after being triggered by that memory. Or a glitch, I should say. Or, yes, a glitch uh, in the system. And this stuff is stunningly reminiscent of Blade Runner 2049. But also great in its own right, I should say. I think it helps give the film personality. It does. And in the difference, because people could easily compare the two, I think in Blade Runner 2049, that stuff had more of an emotional impact. Some of that kind of like that giant figure, it's, you know, it connects to the Ryan Gosling character's uh, kind of girlfriend figure. There's that. This one is just like a cool visual tick, but I still think it works in its own right. <laughs> Pardon me, but I um, I thought you were talking about the original and not uh, 2049. Oh, no. no My no. bad. But yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, after you said like 2049, I'm like, okay, that, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, the original, I think it's just for the visual aesthetic as well, just like in this film. I think there's uh, also... A lot less of those effects in 2049. Oh, they're, they're, they're still prevalent, don't get me wrong, because of the original, but I believe there is less of them than this film. This film is, is littered with them everywhere. Yeah, it leans into them, absolutely. And I, um, it, it very intentionally builds on the spectacle element. Yeah, I was wondering whether any of those, uh, the prevalence of all those holograms in the background is supposed to means something symbolically of okay, either advertisement or how advertisements have come or that we have to advertise our life, but they never really go into that in this movie unless it's subtle stuff that I I'm not, you know, looking at. Yeah, that, that, that could be, I, I didn't really put much thought into it, but, hmm. and that is one thing I'll say about this movie. I mean, eventually I'm sure me and you will discuss the, the controversy surrounding this movie. No, there's plenty of controversies <laughs> in this movie, but giant. Uh, I mean, uh, the the one of the one of the things I was wondering is just because you know we have a character, this this Mira character, she's basically built as a weapon by the CEO guy or whatever of of Hanka, or maybe the leader of the division, and she's being used. So I was like, okay, well, are we talking corporations controlling the body here, or controlling like one's personality? Uh, or even machine, but they don't really go into that, unfortunately. And I kind of wish they did again, unless it's all subtleties and not at surface level. And that's what I was going to say. So many people got so distracted. I think it may, maybe even including you and me. Yeah. Just on the element of one, this is a remake of a landmark, brilliant anime. And two, this is an American whitewashed Hollywood version and they must have stripped away all the subtleties. I don't think that's true on a rewatch. No. I think there's a lot more going on in this film than maybe anybody gave it credit for. And yeah, yeah, there might be some stuff to chew uh, here. Maybe on you know, a mm-hmm. basic level. But after the movie came out, I was doing some research after the fact. Maybe not after the fact. But I, I came across this channel. Um, a channel I frequent every now and then. I'll go watch it if you if you can, please. He's an amazing guy. Uh, that Japanese man, Yuta, uh, who 
speaks very good English uh, and offers services to teach uh, people Japanese uh, for free. Is the name is, of his channel? That's the name of his channel. Yes. <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah, great guy. That Japanese man. Too. <laughs> yeah, I believe, I believe so. And oh, he talked about it just because he's a... Oh, what's going on? Oh, when the police walked walked by, their jackets changed color as they were moving. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but he was talking about the controversy here, at least, of Japanese, like, you know, because Amer- Americans and us here in the West or North America or like, Canada, United States, I don't know about Mexico, um, had a <laughs> problem with the fact that this, this woman, who we don't know if she is Japanese in the original stuff, in the original uh, comic or, or animation, is Japanese or not, but it was going to be giving oh. to this, you know, just Scarlett Johansson. But I read on IMDb that apparently, and from Japan, from Utah himself, that the Japanese don't care. Like mm-hmm. they don't care. Like the people in Japan don't care. Japanese Americans, Canadians, they probably do care. They probably, uh, I gotta be careful with what I say there, but if it is a whole, like, um, trying for like appropriation and then being, uh, true to the text or whatever you want to call it, then perhaps, yeah, she probably should have been played by a Japanese woman, but looking at it now, it really doesn't matter because they wanted star power and Scarlett Johansson can deliver on that. Yep. That's, that's the way it always goes with, with Hollywood. But I meant to point out in that previous scene, we saw um, those, those stray dogs. Did you notice how they focused on the Basset Hound there? Oh, really? It's almost like that seems like something foreshadowing or maybe mytholo- mythology gag. Who knows? Yeah. It's just a straight, Memorial oh, reference. Oh, I did. I did kind of. I remember in the theater rolling my eyes at that reference, but I don't roll my eyes anymore. I mean, maybe I was just stuck up at the time, but I was kind of like, oh, no, that's okay. fair. Mm-hmm. That's 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 fair. There's a chappy robot, sort of <laughs> a chappy look. Oh, there's the there's the tanks. Yeah, from uh, RoboCop. No, <laughs> well, I mean, we'll, we'll see that later. But at two hundred nine, another thing with like when it comes to the, the whitewashing stuff. That was all about uh, Japan is still a very monosyllabic culture. Maybe not syllabic, but, but yeah. Saying, but um, you know, they're they're very like one ethnicity. Yeah. Um, there are some, you know, um, how do I put it? there? There are some mixed uh, ethnicities there, of course. Now, mm-hmm. uh, like Utah has actually inner inner uh, in, interviewed. Excuse me. Then he does. He likes to do street interviews with uh, Japanese people. Like literally oh, cool. like people on the streets, um, obviously with their consent. It's not like some of these, you know, TV shows in America where they just like, you know, go up to some random person and like blindside them with, you know, other nonsense. But Utah is very, you know, more intellectual that way. Um, and he asked them, you know, certain things like how the, how the culture actually behaves. Um, and he actually interviewed like one of the first times I've only ever seen like a, a, a half Japanese, half uh, African American or African person. Hmm. And they spoke like perfect Japanese, like accent and all is amazing. And um, yeah, that guy apparently is, is uh, discriminated against in Japan. It's like, Oh, oh I'm goodness, sure. It's not I'm good. sure. Yeah. I don't know if it's amazing is if you, if you grow up there and that's just the language you speak, but yeah, I mean, that's his culture for crying out loud. Yeah. But the idea basically I'm coming to is that Japan is not multiracial like we are here in Canada or North America. So 
do they have yet to experience what we're experiencing one day? Perhaps, P- perhaps, perhaps. And especially when it comes, I mean, if you're talking about the the complaints of Japanese Americans or Asian Americans in general, yep, about the whitewashing with this movie. I mean, a lot of it comes down to people feeling like, oh, you know, our media doesn't represent us. Here's this movie that's adapting our media. It should represent us, but it doesn't. I think that's the big disconnect where it's like Japanese people were like, oh, you know, it's an American adaptation. We never expected it to be fully Japanese cast. We not only anticipate, but we want it to be, you know, an American cast, not just. And so it's a very different dynamic, but. Yeah, unfortunately, it's it's actual generations of of people against each other, if you think about it, of like, you know. Yes. Homeland, Japanese people are okay with it. And I think it actually has like the highest rating in Japan, I believe. And <laughs> I, I believe I, if I, I could be wrong on that, at least from what Yuta told me um, in his research of it. Whereas people um, of Japanese ancestry have the opposite problem. Yeah, North America uh, of like this is this is completely unacceptable. It, they called it racist. I remember people it's saying certainly that. sociology. I'll, I'll say that that's certainly sociology and anthropology for you, right there. And this came around. This came out around the same time as uh, Isle of Dogs. Yes, which we both saw in the theater, which got slapped with the same whitewashing. And I mean, again, I totally understand these people' political, these people's political perspective, but I don't think that that should enter into film criticism necessarily. I mean, the film. Your your polit- the political environment shouldn't necessarily, you know, be the way that you view a, f- a film in terms of its how you criticize its quality as a narrative or quality of performances. I I just don't think that's fair. You see, basically, um, are you saying like ends justify the means? Uh, e- e- disregarding ethics. I'm saying I think people looked at this movie solely through the lens of a whitewashing Hollywood remake, and didn't give it a possible chance to actually look at it for the merits of its own right. Yes. To see if this was actually like a film in and of itself. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I mean, I think me and you maybe looked at it the lens of this is an adaptation of a masterpiece and how could it live up <laughs> when we watched it originally? I mean, if not to go into that, but if anybody wanted to say like, Oh, it's, it's to portray the original. I like this scene. I kind of like this of like, I kind of wish they did more of this of her mm-hmm. swimming. Oh, it's a really cool scene. It's a really cool scene, but I wish she was swimming more. It kind of reminds me of the uh, same year, almost same month, I believe of get out where of that scene where he's like, Oh yeah. His, his mm-hmm. mind is, is gone after the um, hypnotic session or whatever. I, w- I wish they did more of this, but that's just me. Yeah. And I'll just say since we're early on and I may sound like I'm like ultra praising this movie in some way. I'm not necessarily hugely positive on it, but I just think that when I watched it the first time, I was looking at it through the wrong lens. Like I was like, this is a Hollywood remake. I've got my arms crossed. I agree. How could they add, add a, how could they adapt a brilliant film like that? I didn't care about the whitewashing thing as much because it's a Hollywood picture. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. I don't know what people expect from Hollywood pictures, but it's not what I expect. I mean, <laughs> Were they going to cast an unknown Japanese actress who is like, you know, didn't have any marquee star power? That's just a fiction. Well, apparently they were the, um, remember the, um, 
that's I don't want to say that, but remember, remember the sidekick character in the Wolverine? Oh yeah, I forgot that they were thinking about her. Yeah, she was in this thing. movie. She was the uh, she was the gynoid in the beginning. This is a creepy scene, by they, the way. They, yeah, this is actually a, a legit creepy scene. I'll say that. Makes you think of that one of that that one Harry Potter movie, uh, Half Blood Prince. Oh, I forget what like scene you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, they go down. I think they're looking for some sort of uh, thing. Like Deathly uh, Hollows. Some sort of horror. No, no, I can't remember which yeah, one. Yeah, the horror Sorry. Oh yeah, I. <laughs> it's been years since I saw that one. I think that's one of the ones I saw in the theater, and I think I remember like kids like being like taken out because it was so disturbing or something like that. I mean, again, those movies get dis- more disturbing. Like, oh hell yeah! Or not even, but there's another Basset Hound. Um, mm. But those movies, th- no, those books get more disturbing. Like, the further they go. The, this character, by the way, this the, the third person that's there. I don't yep. know her character name. The woman. She has a very prominent role in the series, The Great. Yep. And she's a ton of fucking fun in that series. I really enjoy her. So I was happy to see her in this. I was like, hey, my buddy. So <laughs> I want to say the actor for Bato. I wish they just dropped the pretenses. He's either Australian or uh, New Zealand. Just be New Zealand or Australia. Like be either Aussie or Kiwi. I don't, I don't care because uh, he's yeah. dropping his accent. Like his accent <laughs> slipping every now and then. I, I don't I don't want to call him out on that. I just be like, why? They like gave some of these other guys accents. So why not just have him be Australian, like or, or whatever, oceanic? Like I don't care. I kept thinking that too. I was like, this guy, he can't cover up his accent, no matter how hard he tries. <laughs> and again, that sounds really rude for me to say, but I, I wouldn't mind it. Like it's again, it's an adaptation. Um, where was I going with before what I was just saying? Oh, I was. Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. Interrupted. No, that's fine. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, adaptation. So if anybody was like decrying this film, was like, oh, it's it's ruining. Uh, ninety five. No, have you actually read the comic? Yeah, and, and all the people who say that they're like, "Oh, this remake it delegitimizes the original." That's just complete BS. Like, if this was a straight adaptation, or you know, a, a, an adaptation that took stuff from the comic as well, where's my scene with uh, the major here, or Mira? Excuse me. Where's where's the scene of her having an orgasm with th- two other women? Oh boy. Yeah, exactly. But but just to, sort of to address that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, unless that's a unless that's a man. Yeah. Hmm. I assume that's a man, but I have no idea. I'm going to go with that. But to, just to address those people who are like, "Oh, if it's an, a year old, that's why." If a great original film has a remake that's terrible, people won't see the original. Most of the people who see the remake were never going to watch the original in the first place. I mean, No. A lot of people who saw this would never dream of watching the original Ghost in the Shell. I mean, that's just, I think that's just <laughs> the way modern audiences yeah, are. Yeah, I'm going to go with that was a man because that's a urinal. And unless yeah. it's a female with a synthetic male uh, penis, then it's a man. Yeah, or someone trans, I don't know, maybe in this world they're like, oh, if you have a penis, you have to use the men's washroom. I don't know. I mean, I, I I assume it's just by choice, but it's a urinal. That's why I'm like, no, that's, that's what's making me question it. Of like, I, I mean, if it's some, again, I've been told that females can't actually use the urinal. Uh, people with like, uh, vaginas, you mean? Yeah. Like vaginas and, and urinals don't go together. No, the, this guy here made me think of, um, of, uh, Lita battle angel. 
the bartender. Yeah, the bartender. Yeah, you're right. Kind of doesn't remind me of that, eh? But surprisingly, more convincing effects. <sighs> really? Yeah. I, I don't think Robert Rodriguez really cares about making it feel real. Like, I think that guy genuinely looks like he... I think he actually looks like he's that person. Okay, interesting. Like, it doesn't look like he is. Just CGI parts added onto him. Like, you remember oh. the villain in Aaliyah Battle Angel? <laughs> the kind of... Uh... Oh, um... Oh, what's his name? Yeah, what is his name? The guy from... Uh, was it Deadpool that he was in? Oh, Deadpool. Deadpool. The Yeah, the Deadpool guy. Like, none of his effects are convincing, even in the slightest. <laughs> no, that's fair, but... To be fair, that was full cyborg. This guy only has an arm, and also it's shot in the dark. Uh, yeah, and it's he's even more shot. I, I know, like uh, in that movie, he was in the dark as well. But this is way more like I think there's a filter on here. Maybe. Oh yeah, big time. It's very stylistic looking. I mean, that's one thing you got to say about this film. About this film, it looks amazing. Just all it around, is very style stylish, and there's some Matrix stuff in here as well, which is hilarious. Yep. Especially the slow-mo stuff. What do you think of the slow-mo? I don't like it. I uh, think maybe maybe slow-mo has just been so overplayed that it it's just become like just noise. If you know what, if you know what I mean. Quite quite funny that uh in you know, Ghost in the Shell cited as one of the influences uh of the Matrix. And mm. now in this live action movie, uh, there's a lot of, st- I can't help but feel some uh, of the matrix in this. Fascinating. Yep. Yeah. There's a specific scene that I, I will tell you about when we get to it, <clears throat> but here's the first in the long series of Motoko or sorry, sorry, sorry. Mira, yep. pardon me. Mira. Um, going by herself somewhere and then another glitch, getting the cream beaten out of her. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, who's this here? Mysterious uh, hooded figure. Yes. Now, this mysterious hooded figure kept reminding me of something, and I still can't place what it was. So maybe I'll finally find it as we go through this. But I'm just hoping. Maybe I'll say something that triggers that. Uh, that I that that. But uh oh, that's not oh. good. It's a trap. Oh my there goodness. Bato's eyes burned out, I guess. I mean, shouldn't his skin also be burnt? Yeah, it was fascinating seeing the whitewashing arguments surrounding this movie. I mean, maybe it was just the, the political time at the moment. But I remember even Mamoru Oshi came out and said, like, I don't understand this reaction. Like, I mean, yeah, I thought I, I think I made a reference of that as well earlier, but. Like he gave it his blessing. Yeah, he was kind of like Scarlett Johansson's a giant star. She's a great actress. Like, I don't understand where this is coming from. And Scarlett Johansson's been having this problem for a number of years up until this point. Oh, unfortunately, yeah, she's been screwed over like again and again and again. Yeah, I do feel bad for her. I mean, <laughs> she's she is a really quality actress, and she's yeah. just picked a couple wrong choices. Maybe you could argue. Oh, I mean, should she have been Black Widow in the first place? Who knows? And the PC crowd has really dis- despised her for whatever reason. Okay, because she's a white woman, I guess. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just missing something, but... Even though white women are a part of the PC crowd, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, um, I have no idea. 
Um, Maybe, are we going to get canceled for this episode? <laughs> I mean, even for covering this movie and being like, not super, this is terrible for whitewashing. Maybe we'll be canceled. I don't know. Well, yeah, probably because I am a white guy. So, or sorry, I'm a cracker. So like, who who knows? Oh, I hate when you call yourself a cracker. I hate that. Well, I got to be, you know, true to my roots. And again, white word privileges, man. Sorry, a white trash cracker. That's that's what that's what I am. Ugh. Um, and something about this when I rewatched this 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 afternoon was that um, Mira herself as a character is kind of a a type of character I like. Um, very introspective, probably because of the original movie as well. Very introspective, has problems with their past, and they bring that up uh, very much in this. Of how you know she was in the harbor and her parents were taken away and now she's um, very she's haunted by those and she's seen these glitches and like what is this about? So I kind of like that aspect about this film is that it's very it's trying to be personal uh, with this character of Mira and uh, about dealing with her past. So that's at least one thing that I guess I can give praise for. Yeah, she's a character who understands that she's really missing something in her life and she doesn't know what it is but she's constantly searching and everyone else around her is kind of like i don't know how to put it but like especially that doctor is kind of like oh you know you're maybe you're just missing what's uh what's good for you but like uh like don't look at all the things that are bad for you (laughs) if you know what i mean (laughs) oh that's so creepy by the way (laughs) i I think they should have been a slight bit bigger. Yes, should have been bigger. Um, Jeez. A smidge bigger. Yeah, it just looks creepy. He he does look again. He does look like a straight off the the movie or straight off the animation, um, Bato. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think the eyes could be a bit bigger. I'm not saying they'd be the size of Riddick's goggles, for instance, but like <laughs> uh, at least a smidge bigger. A smidge bigger and more shiny too. Yeah, probably. Looks like they either cyborgized him or not. I can't tell. Like, because you can see, like, half of his left side is maybe like that. I don't know. Yeah, and it's interesting. I'm glad they didn't go for a. Uh, I'm glad they didn't go for the easy, like, oh, I can see under her clothes uh, joke. Yeah, that's true. They didn't do that. Glad they stay away from that. <laughs> Oh, another! Oh, wow! Another basset hound. Hmm. Yep. What beautiful dog! Beautiful, beautiful dog. Um, except that's the only stray dog here. I don't know what happened <laughs> to the other ones. Maybe they all went to the Isle of Dogs. Who knows? <laughs> that's a great reference. Who knows? Um, so, I guess we should discuss because you're more of a Ghost in the Shell fan than I am. You've like read more. You've seen more. Okay. Yeah, I'll go over my uh, credentials here. Um, up to the point that this movie was released had you just seen the original and the sequel i had yeah so up to 2017 because i only seen 2016 or i only had seen it in 2016 um so i have that oh and i guess a funny story which i'll probably bring up in the uh speakeasy we do of it eventually is i accidentally watched the uh special edition version so ghost in the shell 2.0 which is (laughs) more oh she went back in like oh five or oh nine i believe with updated you know cgi and remade the whole movie basically um and the whole way through even though i still was moved by it and i felt very it it, it mind uh it changed my mind basically it, it hit me existentially i i couldn't 
understand like how does this film have so much good CGI? <laughs> and then I realized uh, in the in the special features of the movie, the 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 original film was there with like you know the 1995 graphics and all. I was like, oh, so that's a special edition, eh? Interesting. Hey, I, that's kind of dumb. I still remember telling you to watch the uh, go into the special features and watch the original, but. <laughs> and I completely forgot about that. I, I had forgotten about it at that point because I didn't watch it until like two months after you gave it to me. That's fair. So I was long like gone by that point. A classic, uh, classic move on your part. And I won't go into whole like, you know, sub versus dub in that film, nor Akira. That's for its own thing. We're, we're, we'll go. I'll go on. I should have actually seen if there was a what the Japanese dub is like in this because they actually did bring back uh, some of the actual actors. I think. The actors for uh, Mura, well, spoiler character, Bato and uh, Araki come back. Or, Ar- yeah, Araki come back. Oh, wow. Really? Aramaki, excuse that's, me. That's yeah. fascinating. Hmm. There's still. There... I'm surprised the scene is happening this quick. I actually really, really like this scene. This is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, looking back on it now, it is. And I got a question. Is she wearing. Is that mask um, like a face mask? to like huh. prevent germs from spreading no i think it's just a mask to make her look more artificial which is a fascinating idea that the actual pure humans in this world have to kind of emulate the uh the artificial ones that's very interesting yeah, that's that's something that i was talking about um this is probably the closest scene to like you know the threesome between like Matoko and the other two women in the original. Probably not. No, oh, I thought you were going to say the threesome in her when it's Scarlett Johansson, Walking Phoenix, and the body double. I don't know if you know anything about that movie. I have no, I don't know what that, I have no idea. Okay, if anyone's not seen her, I, I've i seen it a couple times at this point, but I watched it just a few months ago. Check that out. Scarlett Johansson's brilliant. She only does a vocal oh, performance. Yeah. She's absolutely just great. And Joaquin Phoenix is stunning in that movie. I mean, the guy, the Joaquin Phoenix is just one of the great actors of our times, just in general. He absolutely is. But he's so good in that fucking movie. Just check it out. But no, it's it's really interesting. And I didn't, I don't know how I missed it at the time. To have a scene like that with her and that person. It's only a couple minutes. Maybe even like a minute. Not even minutes, like a few seconds. Yeah, like only a minute. And that's something that you don't see a lot in most hollywood movies that's what i was gonna say how did that get through in a hollywood picture you'd figure they'd just be like ah just trim that scene it's a little weird could be considered lesbian let's just cut it (laughs) you think that's what the studios execs would have said but (laughs) somehow it got through yeah no i i actually like that scene that was again it was she's she's missing something and it's the whole like is it because i don't feel human like i don't feel um, my bones or I don't, I don't feel my body anymore mm-hmm. again i wish there was more no i don't know there's there's enough there i don't know if there's any deleted scenes uh in this at all because you know, i'm watching the digital version and it didn't come with any uh deleted scene stuff so i don't know if your version has it or not yeah i have to look at my special features but i do have to point at that scene there when we kind of uh went from the sky and went behind this car here mm-hmm. and saw the direction of the road even on my 4K, that scene broke down. It did not look good visually. It looked interesting, really badly CGI. But, but I do like all the stuff on the road. That was a really cool idea for uh, our potential future for one ways. It'd be really useful. Well, 
I get fucking confused driving to Vancouver. Oh, what's a one way? What's a not? <laughs> fucking piss me off. <laughs> yeah, but like, how are you supposed to see that though? Because that's from like a bird's eye view. <laughs> that's true. Like we're going, we're going, we're, we're in first person view only. Um, yeah, but- so like, how are you supposed to see that? Unless we have like heads up display on our uh, on our cars, our windshield. Excuse me. Which is probably what will happen one day. When we saw it from the road, it looked like it was a little more 3D. But by the way, I love the car. The car is just wonderful. When are we going to go back to that style? God damn. These plain. I don't remember if it's. Uh... I don't know if it's supposed to look like the DeLorean. It probably isn't. I don't know if it's supposed to look like uh, the original car that Bothow drives. Oh, we'll we can start. Shut, gotta shut up. No, we, we, we cannot discuss this next sequence without discussing the original. I, I refuse. I refuse. We have to. This is the one scene in this movie that's a direct rip from the original. Like, it's literally well, shot for shot. Sort of. It's sort literally of. shot for shot. I mean, no, yes, they changed the concept, but we, we will discuss it. A couple scenes, they 100% just recreate what we saw in the original. Also, who is that guy that's driving and has, like, um, the, the um, what was that called? Yeah, why is he reprogrammed too? The random dude. What the heck? That's right out of. Uh, was that in the original Ghost in the Shell, or is it? That was in the original, yes, but it was different. Well, yeah, look, she didn't react quickly enough. <laughs> that was a that was a weird wire work, but hey, wire work nonetheless. Is this a Hong Kong picture? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, the guy wearing what is that called? Um, not a jumper, but a po- pon- poncho? No, maybe. I don't remember what it's called. Got all that glass everywhere, goddamn. Yeah, it's yikes. Probably could see that in the 4K edition. Um, Which, by the way, these guns look super duper plasticky in my 4K disc. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. Yeah, maybe they're 3D models. Who knows? Look at that fucking car, man! I want that car so bad. That's a beautiful car. Yeah, it's literally just like a frame uh, over a, a already non-existent car. Yep. <laughs> I gotta say, it's funny how like maybe it's it's sub this is subverting in certain action dramas or certain action movies where at least in Hollywood where like there's there's at least like seven people here and they're having problems taking out two guys. Yeah, you wouldn't see it that that's way. That's true. That's true. Especially after John Wick earlier in the year, where it's just one man like going one man army on on like so many other guys. And then once they take down this one guy, they'll go, okay, let's just. Uh... Let's just keep an eye on this doctor lady. Whatever. Let's follow the, the major. No, let's just stay here. <laughs> no, yeah, let's uh let's let's um what's it called? Secure the premises. Okay, these shots here, this is when it's recreating the original down to a T. That shot there. That's not the that's not the same uh it's the, not same, the same airplane. It's not the same airplane, but it's the same shot. That shot's the same. That shot What does it the mean? Same. Oh, I didn't even realize she was right there. That's hilarious. That shot's the same. Yeah, but what was it saying? I, it's just showing this guy, like, running away. It's only a recreation. That's my point. You can't really discuss this scene without... This scene's basically the same, too. Like, that scene is basically world... Like, in, in the original, that was b- world building. And taking its time. This is... I don't want to say world building. It's just us, like, seeing what's happened with this that guy. That shot's his name. And why is he going there? Why do he stop? Why do he stop and turn around? Yeah, what's going on? It's Because he's hitting the mark of the original. I guess. Exactly. That's, yeah, I, that's why I, I say you, know, you can't I, discuss this scene without discussing the original, because... I'm trying not to, though. 
Uh, but what does this scene mean, though? Let's let's ask ourselves this again in a vacuum. What does this scene mean? But I will just say, this water is makes for some gorgeous photography. Look at that. That's just stunning. Yeah. No. This is some. I I want to see more fight scenes like in knee high water. Yep. Uh, it looks pretty cool. Hundred percent. I guess you like the. Do you, do you was the fight scene at the end of Lethal Weapon One? Was that also kind of like with water coming down, or am I wrong on that? I've not seen a single Lethal Weapon movie since okay. since my childhood. Wrong question. One day I'll go back, but I just never have. That's fair. Problem with you know police brutality and all. Now her costume looks really CGI there for some reason. I don't understand why. Interesting. I guess I'm just like you know spending my. Uh, disbelief there of like yeah cgi whatever weirdly enough it did not stand out as cgi on my 4k copy but for whatever reason she looks like she's not there at all very strange hmm. on this copy hmm. i will say this it's it the, the film is shot in like real uh, i don't know real locations but it's shot with what looks like real locations in the background like i can believe that they're actually there so the integration there like between the city and um, where they were fighting seemed legit. And because you mentioned that, I'll address this as well. When this movie came out, there was a lot of criticism that uh, the city was Asianified. They were like, this is like a Hong Kong city, but it's not Hong Kong and it's not described as anywhere. And he was criticized for that as well, for not taking a stand on which country it's supposed to take place in. That's fair. <laughs> is that fair? I mean, um, what the? Fuck? No, no, no. I mean, I mean, I'm okay. Sorry, no, that's not what I mean. But oh, okay, um, I when I was watching it today again, and I have the subtitles on. I'm not saying subtitles only, but I, I needed to have the subtitles just to get used to them for this, um, for the recording itself. Like the, in the background, there would be like Japanese chatter, or you know, people speaking Japanese. So I assume it's like Japan somewhere maybe it's implied that hong kong in the future is controlled by japan now that'd be interesting yeah and i saw the creators and i think this is obvious from the film itself that this was kind of a callback to blade runner um where it was kind of like uh it's turned into an international city this isn't a city in one country or one region necessarily but it's a, a world that's become very homogenized just in general yeah maybe that's it i like that idea and I don't know if you Maybe. noticed, but um Oh wait, no, I'm thinking of something else. Sorry, never mind. <laughs> I watched uh, is it I watched a movie today. Um I don't even remember what it, remember what it was called, but it started with something with it was like the Wayland Institute that was making it. And I was like, Oh, this is an obvious alien reference. Aliens reference <laughs> and uh so I'm just getting them confused in my head. That's all that's all I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah, maybe this is finally, you know, Japan is, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Japan, Japan has finally become, you know, mixed race. Uh, there's there's multiple ethnicities in there. So we finally have what Japan will look like in the future. Um, people will question still, like, why isn't, you know, she, like, you know, pure Japanese? I mean, she could be, a, you know, a Japanese person for all we know, culturally. Of course, she probably would be speaking Japanese if that were the case unless English took over Japan yeah I just want to point out this guy here I think does a good good job in his performance oh yeah I, I agree I don't know if there's any like bad acting in this per se 
No, I don't think so at all, actually. I think all the performances are good. The only one that I might, you know, actually the only two that I might be like, eh, is Bot 2 and uh, whatever the other guy's name is, the Battle Royale. Yeah. It's not Araki, it's Aramaki. And honestly, uh, I, I feel like it comes down to his fucking hair. Like, why did they give him that hair? <laughs> uh, what does his hair remind me of? There was a similar live-action movie with that kind of hairstyle. And this is kind of dumb. This is yeah, really stupid. Really stupid. Of, like, just hangs himself. Like, that's that's poor design right there. Yes. How could of, they allow that? <laughs> that is really stupid. <laughs> I mean, again, yeah, prisoners could just, like, bash their heads against, like, the steel gates at prisons so that's like terrible design right there but i don't know I'll, yeah i'm not no, no further point no no further comment on that oh that guy ran away also i want to say that this is a very empty city yeah it is pretty empty now that you pointed out hmm. like or i forgot to mention that earlier but like earlier when we had like you know uh the doctor being attacked by the garbage men and then section nine shows up there's like nobody there yeah Hmm. Like I was expecting there to be multiple cars in there to make it even more hard. Heck, that could have justified why they had a hard time taking those guys down because there were so many civilians in the area. So they had to like find their targets or watch the range. Excuse me. Hey, it's VR city over here. That's where we're living in today. Yeah, basically remind you of inception. Who knows? Oh yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Did you see it said like uh, speaks in Japanese? Like, there hmm. you go again. Theory, what? not like word of God, not like canon, but just what I'm saying. What's that guy doing? Just sitting there chewing his food, then like, okay, I'll, maybe I'll pull up my gun, see what happens, see if I get killed. Is that cocaine? Hell yeah. Where's Carrie Fisher? I guess. Oh, that's horrible. Why'd I say that? <laughs> Why'd I say that? How much booze do you have in you right now? Uh, I'm not going to say. You need that. Uh, you need that augmentation. I'm just gonna call it that. You need that augmentation. Oh, the uh, liver <laughs> filter out liquor. A liver augmentation. Excuse me. Are we finally gonna get a reveal of Buddy over here? Here we go. Well, so here we go again. We have uh, once again Mira is going alone. She's going solo, and nobody's joining her. It was like time itself stopped, or there's like a a, a video game invisible wall that's preventing them from reaching her <laughs> okay everybody let's let's secure the perimeter oh where where'd mira go ah oh, fuck it <laughs> or how do you say her name again mira mira yeah that's it she's it's it, she's in her own world um oh, that's funny uh the phantom menace made more sense than this yeah and that's again why i can't say this is a great film i mean i feel like there's a lot more going on than what most people gave it credit for i think most people were like Instant reject, racist, uh, whitewash, uh, not a brilliant movie like the original. There's definitely more going on here, but it's definitely a flawed movie in terms of some of the logical gaps. Oh, yeah. I, I won't say what my feelings are on this yet. I'll wait, obviously, till the ending, because that's kind of you know, <laughs> sure. wrap things up. But oh, no, Mother Glitch. And as much as I think these glitches are cool, some of them feel pretty convenient. Oh, here comes this fight. Watch your... I don't know if there was a strobe light effect warning at the beginning of this movie, but like, yeah, anybody... I, sucks that I forgot to mention this, but yeah, strobe light warning here. And again, looked brilliant in 4K. 
just looked amazing. Even with the strobe lighting effects, like this doesn't affect me, but I could totally see like it being nauseous for some. It's still on my Blu-ray. It looked great too. Really, really great. It still looks good here. I don't know if I'm watching the 4K version or like high definition version. I don't know if it matters if I paid for it or not for <laughs> the rent, but I mean, it looks good. But again, I just, I, I question why we still do strobe light effects in movies now if there's a percentage of the population that are affected by it unless it's just so minor that it doesn't really matter yeah i mean you i mean as a filmmaker you 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 gotta you know kind of make your vision you can't necessarily tailor make it for every single uh every single viewer like i mean gaspar noir does a lot of films that would be you know uh triggering for those kind of people Yep, but he also makes movies that be triggering for just any kind of person because they're so horribly <laughs> violent and graphic that he's yeah, that's like, fair. "I'm making it for basically me and my cinematography friends." So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, they they should put the warning absolutely, but I don't think that they should necessarily make the movies and not make the choices they want to make to avoid people with those kind of problems. Because mm-hmm. fair enough. Yeah, I have that warning. I mean, Incredibles there. 2. I mean, that had some stunning visual That's what sequences. I was thinking of. Yeah. It's weird, though. I, my complaint with that was that they didn't tell us initially. Like, they didn't say initially. They had to wait till after. And I'm like, seriously, Brad Bird? You didn't? Like, I thought this is a standard practice of if there's, like, epilepsy warnings. Video games do this all the time. Maybe it's just, like, I'm so used to that because, like, video games always give a epilepsy warning. Mm. And... Like, it it just seems like common knowledge of like, dude, if there's a flashing scene, put a freaking epilepsy warning on that. I remember walking to the theater and seeing a warning before it. Okay, but I went like opening night, so I don't know if you went opening night or not. I don't remember. I think I saw it twice in the theater. I don't remember if I went opening night or not. <laughs> no comment. Did me and you go together? Uh, I feel like we did. Yeah, maybe my second viewing we went together. But yeah, I saw it first on my own. It definitely wasn't opening night now I think about it, but... So what do you think of this character, Kuze here? Um, well, first I'll say I love the performance. I think he does an excellent job. But I could be biased against this guy because he played a very memorable recurring role in Dawson's Creek. And I always remember him from that series. Anytime he pops up anything else, wow. I'm like, oh, this guy, like, he's a great actor. Like, he had this great role in Dawson's Creek for, you know, a few episodes here or there. And in this, I feel like he does a great job kind of representing a malfunctioning machine in the way that he speaks. I called him, I called him Red Skull. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I could see that. Um, except he's not as, you know, he's not a fascist like that guy is. No, he's really just about self-defense and uh, his own right to live. Yeah, basically. And of course, she's throwing the whole like, oh, you ki- you, you killed you, you kill people. Kind of found that bit weak of like a line. That's just me. Yeah. And of course, they're going after the whole, is he a terrorist or a freedom fighter kind of angle? No, we'll get it from whichever side. Yeah, but I don't ever feel like they really explore it. I feel like no, they... it's really only. You go ahead. Okay, it's it's really thank you. It's it's really only, uh, to this one company. 
like it's only to uh hanka uh, robotics or technology excuse me it's not to the public at all as far as i'm aware yeah and they treat him more as just a mirror to her like he's not some movement Literally. to free you know society or something from being turned into what they are it's really just because she's like the completed version he's the fake kind of like half-hearted version or whatever however you want to put it and so I, I feel like he's kind of an unfulfilled character in a way that 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 uh action scene that just happened way better than most action scenes uh in marvel <laughs> oh i don't oh come on yeah he got he got he flew back but at least it was with wire work yeah there's lots of wire work in marvel but <laughs> oh fair enough <laughs> i just prefer this one better maybe it was just because it's dark and hidden yeah you also have a bias though <laughs> unfortunately i do uh i must say i like the set i i enjoy the set there and mm-hmm. all the wires everywhere oh yeah this guy what was he in shin han he was in the winter soldier he was in dark knight rises or dark knight excuse me that's he was it. in that's arrow so he's been in a lot of things and he was also in independence day resurgence oh hmm. he's just in everything yeah dark knight was what i was thinking He's a working man. There you go. Surprised he wasn't in 24. No, he probably was for like five episodes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot. I was going to do a whole like uh, credentials like list, like a checklist of what. It... So, yeah, initially in 2016, I didn't um, I didn't I only had I didn't even buy the movie yet. No, I think I did. I think I bought the movie at the end of the year at a uh, now dysfunctional HMV, which is now Sunrise Records. Yeah, what I called now uh, Sunrise Records. Yeah, thank you. And RIP. Yeah, rip. rip. <laughs> I think you have my copy now. Yeah, it was the 25th anniversary edition, and I gave it to you because I bought the then Mondo Steelbook case. Oh, was yours um, Mondo but- as well? I think I feel like we have two different Steelbooks. You have the new one that the 4K one, right? It's not 4K, but it's it's one with it's like really intricate. Um, maybe I'll send you a picture of it. Is it her in a tunnel? Is it her in a tunnel? Tunnel, yeah, and like all this stuff around. Yeah, here. I have that one. Oh, wait, yeah, I got that. Then, yeah, we do. Yes, yeah, so now I have three versions. <laughs> yeah, I for some stupid reason, uh, even though I'm not as a collector as he is, I wanted to have, for some stupid reason, I, I hope the 4K has this, I know it's out now, but for some stupid reason, the Mondo version didn't come with any of the special features. Wow, I've never even once put the Mondo version in my player, so I didn't know. And and so I bought the 2. Uh, 2.0 Blu-ray release <laughs> because that was the only one that had like the special features on it. So now me and you have almost the same ones, except I have your old Blu-ray. <laughs> except I, it's an incomplete edition because it had a booklet that I have right now. Um, and it basically has what was all the special features of that. <laughs> so I apologize. Maybe I'll photocopy it and give it to you. It's all good. <laughs> I almost gave your, your old Blu-ray to one of my sisters too. I was like, watch this fucking movie, please. And they're like, eh. <laughs> I gave them my old Acura Blu-ray too. I was like, please, nice. God, watch this movie. And they're like, eh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Boo. So at least you were receptive. That's That was me for years. I would lend out my Blu-ray and they'd return it. And they'd be like, oh, I forgot to watch it. And I'd be like, you fuck, like, <laughs> take it back. Please watch this. No, I will. I, d- d- no matter what, 
I still have your freaking. I was have your checks. And I will still watch it one day and give it back. No matter how long it takes me, I will still watch something. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll pin on my um, uh, credentials here. Um, we now basically have a scene of Mira confronting the doctor of, you know, the fact that she ran away from the, uh, from section nine, funny enough. She's, she's on the run. She's AWOL because uh, she wants answers because Kuzo has, uh, or Kuze, excuse me, has, destroyed her mind she's an existential crisis of like what you're saying is not true you actually are working for the enemy a, a standard thing again as you see again similar to robocop yeah but it works uh, the, because the whole movie she's been establishing something's missing and there you like, go something about this world i live in is just not quite the way it should be it seems very basic and i don't feel it works but i guess as you know objectively speaking it does it does fit into it it does the, the whole like you know all of a sudden, like you're, you, there's a turn. You, you well, see this in plenty of movies, but I guess it works here. Pardon me for interrupting you. That's what I was gonna say. Ironically, I just feel like there's something missing from the movie. Because I agree with you. Yet, in terms of motivations and things, it makes sense. They have their one interaction, and she realizes, oh, what I've been missing this whole time is that they've been lying to me. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, just emotionally, it doesn't connect. I don't know what it is, but just the drama of it does not connect enough for me to really make me invested in that moment and that's that's totally fair uh but it works it i guess screen play wise i i assume it works it does she's emotionally attached to the this the whole thing so it, it should work it just doesn't grab me as as it does uh as it probably should if if unless the director is trying to uh, uh tell me that at least of course i love this sequence by the way <laughs> of her floating down there <laughs> It's it's a nice it's a nice scene. I'll say that. Visually speaking, that moment there when she rises up from the water, I think that's just some amazing visuals. But the in the original one, she's floating down there for whatever reason. It just hits me very dramatically. Not talking about anything. Not talking. Not talking about that at all. This is another scene that's a direct rip. That's why it's hard to. Not talking about anything. Not. I'm not gonna talk about anything other than like the scene itself of what's going they on. They even threw in the music cue that was the same. So that's that's it's hard to. Yeah, but okay, to slightly lean into totally different like scenarios of what's going on here. Agreed. Like, uh, completely different. Completely um, different placement in the film. Yeah. Yep. But it just reminds me because it's very clearly. I mean, it's well, it's lifting uh, the, the the scenery itself uh, and the set design. Excuse me. Exactly. Um, very nice. I like the city. Uh, yes. Looks very nice at night. And again, I mean, I I can't keep keeping praises. Visually speaking, this movie. I, I mean, I I could watch this just in the background while I'm editing, and look up and be like, "Wow, this movie is just a, a visual, you know, feast in a lot of ways." I I call her what she's wearing a rejected Black Widow suit. <laughs> it just keeps making me think of uh, Tomb Raider two, the video game, or Tomb Raider two, the movie too, uh, Cradle of Life. Uh, Laura Croft wears a. Oh yeah, she wears a jumpsuit in that, right? Or she, yeah, she wears a wetsuit. Excuse me, in wetsuit, that wetsuit, absolutely. <laughs> I was oh, so this hyped. wetsuit doesn't feel as. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I was gonna say I was so hyped for the Cradle of Life to come out when it when that was coming out. I can believe that. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, she's gonna be in a wetsuit. There's gonna be tons of water. Like, holy crap! <laughs> but anyway, in um. 
I gotta say, it's not as form-fitting as I thought, so that's 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 interesting. But what's going on here? What's going on in the scene? So she's she obviously needed some time to go. I kind I kind of like the scene. Uh, she goes underwater to like get rid of all the noise because mm-hmm. I don't know if we I don't know if it's always there, but like she's always hearing like background chatter from like radio signals in her head, and so I like the idea that she goes down. She's in the water right now. I don't know if this is a regular thing she does, but she. Is just going down there to think. Uh, so she's not really gone full AWOL yet. She just didn't like, you know, report back in. And Batao's here and they're basically talking, you know, what, what's happening. Uh, other than, you know, surface level stuff, it, was it okay or, or what? Uh, well, just, just before we get to that, I got I do have to say, I actually don't yeah, really go understand how that scene makes sense because he's like, um, oh, I know where she is. I know where to find her. But we don't see any boat around him. How did he get there? Uh, <laughs> we mean, because he sorry, because they're like, oh, the major has gone off the grid. Where is she? Yep. And he's like, oh, I know where she is. And then she rises up from the boat, and she's like, oh, like, why are you here? And he's like, oh, I've come to check on you. Like, how did he get there? Actually, he said he was fishing. Yeah, he said he was fishing, but that was just kind of his his joke for know how he got like what he's doing there but yeah, he true. wasn't on the boat when she left did he like swim out <laughs> did he like oh i thought that was his boat oh did she just swam out there in the middle of nowhere yeah i thought that was i thought that was his boat not hers that's what i was like meant to imply oh but why'd she climb on the boat i mean maybe maybe she recognized yeah it was his boat yeah i was just a little confused yeah, maybe. as to what was going on there yeah, maybe that like is his boat. He has a boat. She knows about it, and she was like, "Oh, a boat." Oh, that was a very important glitch, by the way. There. Yeah, that was like the most important one of all. I have no idea. And weirdly, so I mean, how how do you feel? Do you want to address that right now, or do you want to wait till they give the twist? Let's give the twist. Uh, let it be in the twist. But like, sure. that's that's the uh, that's basically the scene of of who she may have been. Right. Yes, and who someone else may have been. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll say nothing about that. Uh, in this scene, though, I didn't realize in the theater when we originally watched this that the um, main bad guy here has two eyes, or two different eye colors. Excuse me. Yeah, and uh, since you mentioned this, I've been holding back. I'm sure you don't know this person, but Chris Statlander is a wrestler yep. in AEW, and his <laughs> is this him. No, that, that's a woman, but his okay. eyes, um, they're reversed, oh. but they keep reminding me of Chris Statlander. I, every time I see him, I think of her. So <laughs> I, do, I don't know. I don't know why I'm mentioning it. But <laughs> Wait, so this, this person right here is a woman? No, it, it's a man, but just because okay. he's got like one yellow eye. You actually can't see it well in the scene, but I can see it. Actually, it's, uh, it's kind of distinctive because. Maybe because there's light on his uh, on that side of his face, on his right side of the face. But I can sort of see the difference in the, the different colors. Maybe that's my 4K rendition. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, Chris Statlander, the wrestler, she she has an alien gimmick. She's from the Andromeda Galaxy. And uh, yeah, she, her eye gimmick is like the same. It's just her reverse side. So every time I see him, I think of her. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I still don't know how I feel about an alien wrestler. I mean, maybe that pushes kayfabe just a little too much for me for whatever reason, but, but anyway. 
There's a scene basically of uh, the doctor having to kill uh, uh, Mira, excuse me, uh, permanently because, as most experiments go, if it doesn't work the first time, you just get rid of the, the, that experiment and move on to the next. Mm-hmm. Trials, test runs, that's how it works. Oh, you saying that just sparked a memory. So talking about trials and test runs, do you know at all about how the studio was originally considering very briefly, apparently, according to them, they say they abandoned immediately, but they were considering turning Scarlett Johansson using CGI. They were going to change her features to make her look more Asian. I thought, I think I heard about this. Uh, yeah, kind of basically uh, Charlie Chan herself, eh? <laughs> yes. That was, I was thinking more like... Uh, that's probably politically incorrect of what I said, but um, it's kind of context. Yeah, I was thinking more like You Only Live Twice, the Bond film where oh, uh, Sean Connery has to disguise himself yeah, as, a, as a Japanese man. Or, you know, what we recently watched uh, <laughs> of Murder by Death. Yeah, and they, they claim very profusely that Scarlett Johansson had no involvement in that they abandoned the, the tests very quickly after the initial ones. But she would she would not like, yeah, I don't think she would stand for that. But it is shocking in 2016 that Paramount was like, let's consider uh, fucking doing some CGI to make her look more Asian. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's something else, man. That's... <laughs> what fucking year are we living in? <laughs> I mean, hey, they made Avatar. Or the la- sorry, they made the last Avatar, so... <laughs> Yeah, that's not doing the whole yet. Yeah, like you said, Charlie Chan routine. I mean, that's Jesus wept. <laughs> oh, and I understand. I mean, once people heard that, I think there was no chance this movie would ever have any sort of success. People went in knowing that they were going to hate this movie. I mean, I think that's just a fact. Wasn't the, I think uh... even me and you went in being like this movie is already like you know handicapped in a way i shouldn't say that well and i guess i'll go into that as well what i was gonna bring up as well i've been meaning to bring this up of do i ever really i kind of mentioned this earlier in like on do i ever want to see an adaptation of this no i would honestly prefer again hollywood to give money to the studios over in japan and car blanche they have every like they, there's no strings attached other than it has to come out at like a specific date and they can make a new new entry yeah um that's that's literally the that's what i would rather have than this uh because again i've said it many times animation just puts you can can make go places that live action can't yeah, I think me and you are weirdos. I don't think most people agree, but I think me and you are both kind of like, especially for certain films and certain genres, live action could never recreate what you could create in animation. I mean, it's just there's no possible way. At the same time, Wicked City exists. But that's its own gig. <laughs> yeah, defined its own thing. Its own appeal. So what was the... Um, I know we're coming up to a very important scene, but what was the... Um, what was the budget of this film? Yeah, I think it was like 100 million, 120 million maybe. Could you imagine? I don't remember what the, I don't remember what 95 looked like or how how much money 95 nor Innocence cost, 
but she could you imagine a ghost in the shell animation project or movie with a hundred million dollars like that's something else man that'd be like amazing yeah i don't know what they would do with it i mean i guess they could spend as many hours as they want perfecting the uh but that movie's already perfect it's gorgeous i mean absolutely gorgeous i mean i I just say they they come uh like bring out a new like entry even if it's not by the same even if it's not by moro oshi they they come out with somebody who has a idea over in japan um and they, they, they come up with a story and then they animate it. That's all I want. Because you can tell so many... Like, that doesn't have to... That 95 film shouldn't be the end-all be-all. Because that world is... There's so much to explore in that world, uh, as we've seen. Many times, with uh, especially with Standalone Complex and Arise. And now, 2045. Um, but more on that later. Let's put a pin in that again. Uh, because this is a very, very, very uh, important scene. Yes, and I like this actress quite a bit in this role. Yeah, she. This is this is where this is where for some reason uh, I have seen it fully through, which is nice. Uh, this reminds me of like the in in the Matrix when Neo goes to visit the um, the Oracle. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I I don't I don't know why. Where's the little kid bending the spoon? <laughs> Yeah, this actor does a great job. Her her accent's very good. Um, I wonder if she actually is uh, native Japanese or if she's just American Japanese. I have no idea. Uh, native. I looked it up earlier. She was in nice. She was in a couple of things I've seen, like Kagamusho. She was in nice. Um, I forget the other one, but what I was gonna <laughs> say. <laughs> Sorry, no, I I just laughed. I I, I joked that um, what if they got the original like. Uh, Motoko voice actor to play her mom. Oh, that would have been cool. That would have been interesting. I was going to say, this is the scene that a lot of people said that they felt betrayed by Scout Johansson. Personally, I think they were looking to be betrayed by her. Yeah. But she said, um, I would never betray a character of a different race. I don't believe in that. You know, when I took this role, I took it for the, the character that it was. I didn't take it, you know, to replace a Japanese actress. Yeah, but people looked at this moment and said, "Oh, so the role was Japanese. You lied to us." And um, I, I don't know. I grasp me at straws. I don't know. I, I think maybe they have a point in some regard, but I just, I don't, I don't think they actually like fully grasped what this story was about necessarily. <laughs> and they just looked. To I this. mean, her whole thing is her whole thing is. I have my identity stripped away. I was put in a, a body that's not mine. I mean, and she's struggling to find her identity again. <sighs> kind of almost reminds me actually of, at least in this aspect, you remember in the end of the, the original um, of 95 where her and the puppet master become one and they become this new being. It kind of almost is like they took that idea and made it this where she's already like this this brand new person, whereas in that movie she had an identity. She was herself, and she was well. She was also trying to find it because there was so many. Her body was basically a model. Like yeah. It was a shell, uh, and so she felt you know like, well, who am I if every woman yeah. looks like me? Um, and then this, it's more like, who am I? And so mm-hmm. it kind of 
maybe I'm grasping at straws here, but it reminds me of that, of of like the ending of '95, where she's this brand new being. The end of it does, or uh, if that, yeah, the end. Of, no, not the end of this movie, but like this character reminds me of that character at the end of the film, of that film. Excuse me. If again, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Um, hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like it's a pretty different dynamic because um, it is. I'm not saying it's the same. I'm saying like it, it reminds me just of how that new that new child is born. Uh, it's it's neither machine nor human. It's something completely new in of itself. It has a whole world to explore. This is similar, but like she's the first of her kind of what humanity will become eventually. Yeah, like that character at the at the end of Ghost in the Shell was excited for the future. What am I? What am I going to be? This mm-hmm. one's just stuck on what am I? And it almost has like a sense of dysphoria for the body that she's in. Like she almost has a sense of like, I don't belong here necessarily. This is true. And the fact is because she's a person, she's a brand new being because she doesn't like, she's, she's trying to remember her past, but she herself has been given all these false memories and this new identity. If, if that makes any sense, she was before this Motoko, and now she's Mira. So she's a brand new being under herself, if that makes sense. Or yeah, more like a brand new being on top of herself and the old part is yeah. buried. And and there's a because in that because at the end of the Ghost in the Shell, she knows that I, I believe she knows that she is a creation of Motoko Kusanagi yeah. and the puppet master at the end. This is more it's a new personality. Uh, in a new body but it's the same mind again i don't know if i'm making no you're right any sense at all but but she can tell that this isn't necessarily who i am or what i should be yeah it's not it's certainly not and going forward she now has to decide who who, you know who she wants but realize who she is excuse me Uh, as we and that's where i think people who are making those complaints one they're making the complaints long before the movie came out they went in looking for a movie that would fulfill their complaints Again, yeah. blinded by politics, uh, but the whole—I feel like the whole movie is about identity and yeah, kind of more not gender dysphoria, but body dysphoria. Yeah, like she is this young girl who is ripped from her body, forced into this other body, and you could say almost in a way—I'm sure the movie didn't intend this—but there's like this kind of uh, corporate homogenization. Yeah, and like acid hound. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's fair. There it exactly. is again. But yeah, they picked this conventionally beautiful white woman to be her new body. And it's like the face of their their whole new kind of corporate step. I mean, if you really thought of it in, in that way, it, it could be a cool bit of social commentary, but people are too blinded by their, this is racist. Yeah, the whole, I, I remember making this quite, I, I, it was kind of a grasping at straws argument as well. Uh, it's my friend uh, when we were talking about it at the time of well it's it's a former japanese woman now put in like a caucasian body like that's something that could be talked about or that's wrong i don't know if it's wrong necessarily as much as they should have talked about it it could have been brought up like you know she's been japanese her whole life and now she's white all of a sudden 
Like that, that is something. But I, at the same time, if this is a mixed, like if if it's mixed ethnic, yeah, excuse me, if it's a multicultural society, does I'm I'm guess maybe it matters unless it's to the point where racism isn't an issue in this world anymore. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing about fantasy settings. I mean, and even in in just real life. Yeah. If you were really taken from your body, your brain, put into a new body, would the race of the body really matter as much as the fact that you were ripped from your old body? I well, mean, I don't know. I mean, I think it would. I think it would because if I was all of a sudden put into non-race, but just any race, uh, a person who's strong, like I can't lift things that I'm, I'm a very weak person. I can't exactly lift a lot of weight. I can run really fast, but I can't lift a lot of weight. So that would feel a lot different. But if you had no memory, if you only glimpses of memory, yeah, wouldn't like it? This. Wouldn't it more give you dysphoria rather than like, kind of a, I don't know, emotional drama about like, oh, the difference is so stark. Wouldn't it more be like something feels different, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, you're not having an identity identity crisis per se. Eh? Yeah, that's what, that's why I say dysphoria. I'm not even sure if dysphoria is an identity crisis as much as it just it's like a general feeling of something is just is not right. I'm not just something feels off. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And again, I I could. I mean, I'm not trans by any means. I don't. I've never experienced dysphoria in any way. But I'm just relaying the, you know, well, the malaise that I've heard of what it is. It would be different because, like, again, if I woke up and I was black. Um, going to the street one day, uh, I might not be perceived as anything other than a white guy. And then next day I come out and I'm a black person, then it probably would change. Maybe people would start looking at me differently. I, I remember when I was in Kenya, like people started looking at me. It was the other way around. I finally like kind of got it of like, okay, I, I get it. What it's like to be looked at, but they didn't, nobody ever came up to me and, um, made fun of me or were racist to me. Maybe it was the fact that there was a. Uh, a white guy in like uh, the the lower income yes uh, class uh, area I I don't know makes a difference but yeah there's a difference there it like you know skin color in this day and age and for well skin, skin color still makes a difference which I hate I, I don't want that but we're stuck with it and hopefully one day it can end I'd, I'd hope yeah and again no one can really put themselves in her shoes here, Mira's shoes, because none of us could ever experience this at this point. This kind of technology does not exist. No, this is, and this is what science fiction is all about is, is finding is asking these questions as the original was trying to do. Absolutely. And again, um, you could absolutely make the criticism. They don't address the racial element, but I think just the fact that she feels like she's this person who's been stripped from her identity, put into a body that she doesn't know or feel is really her body. I feel like they get that stuff across quite well. Yeah, they do. Um, and I also have to question like who Motoko was. Um, and as we're about to see, uh, Hideo, who, who they were, I mean, they were runaways. It's interesting that her mom still talks about her in a, in a, like, uh, as a motherly way, I guess, like, yeah, I didn't even necessarily, I always skip past it as well. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't even necessarily get their runaways, but they were political activists and kind of, um, it almost seemed like a, not terrorist cell, but like a cell 
that maybe maybe in this world political activists are enough to be a terrorist. Oh, you petition against the the state approved uh, technology. Uh, you got to be locked up. Throw away the key. So I mean, it's it's hard to quite <laughs> quite say. I don't know if we saw them doing any violent action, but well, it looks like a stand-in, really. Then and, and here's actually where I got a question: Is it state or is it corporation? Because there's the prime minister. Uh, there's a discussion of the prime minister, which also means Japan. Because as far as I'm aware, I don't know if, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, please. I don't know if Hong Kong has a prime minister or not. I think I'm they not do sure either. Hmm. Um, but they said prime minister, and Japan clearly has a prime minister. By the way, um, I don't like the idea of this. this I'll say that fine. This is from the original. Original, it was called a tank. This is called a spire tank. <laughs> I like that in the original. They called it a tank because it was a tank. It's just like the next step of like tank evolution, if you want to call it that. I hate that shot, by the way, for carrying him away. <laughs> it just looks so silly for whatever reason. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and the design also is not like this, but whatever. Uh, it's I, a pretty I weak design. I, I got shut up now. But um, it totally looked like she picked up a dummy and just dragged it. It had no weight to it. It's just limp. But I get that she's supposed to be like super strong. So yeah, that's true. Feats of strength are uh, easy for her to do. Um, or to accomplish to a point, but I, I, I don't know who, I wish I knew who, yeah, w- w- with like Motoko and what, what her, like, you know, radical group of, of people were, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it was with the corporation of, of Hanka corporation instead of the state, because I don't know if those were actual police officers or if those were like, uh, corporate, uh, soldiers. Well, I mean, let's take a look at this film. I mean, look at how. I mean, this section nine here, that cutter guy, the, at least the, what would you say he is like a representative of the company? Yep. Or a leader. I don't know. It's hard to say, but he's like intrinsically connected to their mission to track this guy. I mean, he seems like he's pretty well in with the state. Yeah. So how, how much is, how much of a separation is there at this point? Yeah. Whether or not it's bang, by the way, (laughs) it's fair. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, that's, no, that's, that's, that's totally fine. Um, yeah, I'm just wondering, like, and yeah, I, I, I want to know whether or not, like, I guess, yeah, her, Matoko and her mother were still, like, you know, close with each other, and it, it did sound like they were runaways, but uh, again, maybe not the case. I'd, I'd hope not. It, it could have been that their political uh, kind of actions made them kind of dangerous, so maybe they stayed away from their families. Maybe that's it. Them. Cause she has clear, cause she clearly has a mother who cares, um, and who loves. I, I mean, we didn't see anything before of like, did her, did she fight with her mom? Was her mom against her from the very start before her political act? Like, she have a rough home life. We don't see her dad, so maybe that's something to do. Maybe like her dad not being there means something happened to her upbringing. I, I don't know. We know who Mira is. She wants to know who what she really was, who is Matoko, but who is Matoko Kusanagi in the in 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 like mm. in this in this film? Other than yeah, being a political activist uh and being taken away from her friends and from her mother, and then being turned into this woman right now, Mira, uh, who will, you know, eventually go on to become Matoko Kusanagi, uh, and affirm herself as that and stay in this body as that. But again, who was, I, I still ask, like, this is, like, who was the old, I, maybe it doesn't matter. Sorry, I'm getting distracted by the 
the grotesqueness yeah. of this scene here. Ooh, look at Scott Jansen's face. <laughs> I don't find it grotesque, I guess. Yeah, I find it kind of gross. I even thought of that. Like when I watched the first time, I was like, nah, it's not that like gross. Like it, it was funny because it was like, oh, they actually were able to show a person's arm getting ripped off without it, you know. Being, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, or being radar. I do quickly want to say I love the fact that once he got her on her side and she was kind of his agent, he was like, my job is done. I give up. I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting as well. Like she, she easily goes to his side and then he just stops. Like he stops the attacks on the hunka. Yeah. And it's just, it was basically, that was his mission. Convince my sister in a way to join my side. That's all it needs. And that was it. I don't know if that's a good thing for the plot or a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Is she like brilliant? Is he a chess master? Is he this brilliant, you know, Joker guy, or is it just like? Eh? Yeah, because he he said his mission all along was self defense. Was it self defense of his own person, or about their right to exist? Yeah, and also, are you making Matoko become you know your gun? Mm. because she's you know built for that i mean obviously she's the perfected version of of him i i have no idea was it about finding someone who treated him like someone who was worthy to live maybe that's all his purpose was it's yeah it's it's nice that the movie leaves these questions for you i mean that's you know i mean it's that's something you could say yeah for its for its own thing Maybe on rewatches we can be like, oh, he said this line, which led to this. I mean, again, I've only seen the movie twice. And the first time I watched it, I absolutely have my arms crossed. (laughs) Like, there's no (laughs) doubt. Because we unfortunately let nostalgia uh, um, hide our misjudgment or hide our judgment, excuse me. Blind our judgment, excuse me. That's what it is. Blind it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was um, expecting a completely hollow carbon copy, which is not what this movie is by any means. This is, yeah, this is so fascinating. Us going back to this thing years later. Yeah. Um, that's, this is the perfect movie to start off. Like, you know, cause maybe this is probably the, the best of them perhaps. Oh, I don't know about that. We'll still get to the end, how we feel about it ultimately. So we will see. Yeah, we will. We will certainly see. <laughs> tune in or keep, keep listening. Don't tune out yet. <laughs> Again, some just great visual stuff in this movie. I mean, I can't, I can't stop saying that. Yeah, no, it's it's got an identity. It's not desanitized. I mean, does the CGI make it look desanitized itself? The fact that you see CGI in the daytime. I remember somebody arguing that, like, you know, you shouldn't have CGI to in the like, all these holograms in the daylight, and instead have it at night. But really, I don't know if we have seen that in a in a movie before with like these holograms in the, in the daylight. Probably wrong on that. I also want to mention that I even like some of the holograms themselves. Like when cutter was in um, the section nine office and you see that kind of like um, dissolving effect of his hologram. That's, that's really, I really like that hmm. uh, effect. Um, looking at it years later, I'm like, that's kind of a subtle thing, but yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, the whole consent thing—that's uh, that's another thing that is its own, makes it its own thing because that was never in the original book or um, movie. 
Um, what do you think of, of course, this, this, you know, slow motion scene? Okay, as much as I may disparage the slow motion from being overused, I love that shot. <laughs> what was Gavin Free in this? <laughs> I mean, just the, 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 I mean, you know why I love it. I mean, there's no reason for me to explain. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, and it's, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Um, see right there, that kind of looks like Hong Kong, maybe. Yep, absolutely. Make an argument for that. Especially like maybe not because we just saw well not just saw but because you know King Kong versus Godzilla and there's a mountain in the background I don't know that, that reason yeah I know maybe they did it is, who knows I know they did some reshoots and second unit stuff in Hong Kong so I'm sure all that stuff is just like modified Hong Kong yeah. skylines and even that shot right there of her looking at like the camera's looking at her yep. and she's looking at her you know her tombstone basically she looks like Kusanagi almost in a way. It's interesting. I just thought it was a powerful shot just in general. Yeah, but she looks like the, you know, the anime, the the uh, the movie version of her. Yeah, I could see that. Um in that moment too, you don't have to come here anymore. Yeah, this is a nice reaffirmation of of she is who she was. Yeah, and, and just the the kind of closeness. There's a real intimacy I thought with that moment. I mean, there I guess I'm also missing the fact that this is also could be like a maybe a, a trans story as well, perhaps. In, in a met- metaphor in a way. That's why I was saying the dysphoria yeah. thing. I mean, it's not, of course, it's not exact, but. Yeah, metaphorical, pardon me for saying that because, but it's it's weird because she was a person herself, but then she was, it's the opposite of that. She was then um, against her consent and against her will, she was changed and now she unfortunately she can't go back she can't be human anymore so uh like like physically like body wise she can't be human she only has her brain so she's stuck in this now but now she affirms herself as um oh, what is it as as motoko kusunaki instead i i could be wrong on that yeah just the element of being in the wrong body and trying to find your your true identity and find yourself kind yeah. of outside of your physical form i think that's a a kind of discussion that a lot of trans people could relate to, I would think. Yeah. That humanities are, yeah. What do you think of the voiceover at the end? I don't care for it at all. (laughs) I was like, ah, this is too much. Now we're like, oh, it's the end quick. Let's summarize it for the dummies. (laughs) That's horrible. I shouldn't say that. I will say that, uh, the, 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 the trench coat she's wearing is actually literally a straight rip, uh, cut and paste from the, comic book itself yeah and i gotta say this i thought that was supposed to be her body in general but right there it clearly looks just like a suit it is a suit it was the suit to the whole time this part i yeah i hated that i'm still like eh, i really hate in the original yes i'm gonna go there now um that scene was she was seeing or she was fleeing the scene of uh exploiting that guy's head or bowling that guy's head up and so she so her putting her hand over her face as she turns invisible, that's kind of like a, a personal like quirk uh, that she would do. But it was, but it was also like, you know, now you see me now you don't <laughs> as she like puts her hand over her head. Like you can't see me because my hands over my face and she turns visible. Like that's a personal thing Motoko would do, but she didn't see, there was nobody looking at her other than the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She should have winked too. So it was like, what? <laughs> That was so weird. She should have said, catch me next time in Black Widow. Which I was going to ask, could this have a sequel? No, I don't think so. Really? 
and I'm not I'm not even saying like you know because it failed, but like on could you see this movie itself? Like, could there be more to tell in the story? Hmm. Now I'm just trying to think. I I don't know. I don't know where they would go. I mean, maybe they could. I think they could because there's other characters they could talk about. They have a whole other section. They seem to get more government funding by the end of it, maybe. Mm. Um, and they don't have to answer to um, Hunka anymore. They only uh, address, have they, all they have to do is address the prime minister. So they could. There's so much they could do if they did pick and choose stuff from the the, the comics, the television shows, and the movies. I, it's any I, I I again and the fact that we. This is basically her origin story. It's similar to like um, RoboCop, the original. Uh, it's her origin story of becoming th- this person. This, this, this. She is Matoko Kusanagi. She was used, uh, abused, really, and like not used. She was uh, not approved of being. Sorry, what am I trying to say here? Um, she was turned into a machine against her will. That's what it is. And now she's, you know, this this new person. Uh, where can we go from from there? Yeah, I mean, maybe they can make a adaptation of the sequel, Ghost in the Shell Two: Innocence. I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's change a couple things. There's a lot of adaptation they would have to do with that. But. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't remember that movie at all. I haven't seen it since. Um, I. I think around the same year 2017 first off the the story they they use uh the story they're uh they use in from the from the comic to that movie is completely again they expand it completely um and oshi is just using a lot of themes that um he wanted to expand upon from the the previous movie so of course it's 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 an adaptation of that story in in the comic very similar, mm. of course, in tone. Um, finally, again, to end, to make sure you know, I don't leave a, a loose thread hanging. I think we've talked about almost everything, uh, other than our feelings on this. New Zealand. This is filmed in New Zealand. Was the oh, there you year, go. At least, um, go. I credentials. So I watch, you know, Ghost Shell One, uh, 2016, Blows my mind. Then I watch two and then there's two dubs of it apparently one by dreamworks and the other by i think funimation obviously watch the funimation there's hong kong unit by the way oh for innocence yeah oh interesting Hmm. yeah they have um there's a it's it's it was a quick to write it was a rush script for the dreamworks uh dub but the funimation dub apparently is much better as as it should (laughs) um like the actors all try to do what they're they can but it it's just like it goes by too quickly, unfortunately. I don't know why, but um, then I will purchase at some point. I think I no, I, I first purchase um, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, standalone complex, the standalone complex series on Blu-ray from Walmart. Hmm. Oh wow. Like that is the most random thing in the world. Like that's funny. It was so like I was looking for them. I wanted to watch them. They don't. They weren't. I started watching it on like uh, another you know torrent site, and it wasn't going anywhere. So I was like, oh, I should just like you know buy it. And I was looking for it. it wasn't on Amazon. It was like on Amazon for like a ridiculous price. And then I found it on Walmart. 
the set's not good. It literally uh, has no like special features or anything like that. That's the unfortunate part. But I I watched like both those seasons. They're they're fantastic. I'd say. Well, that's going to be a future discussion on our other channel one day. Oh, rock and roll. Yeah, let's look forward to that one day. Way down the line, because uh, there's so many other things to do on that. And watch the movie TV series or not movie the TV series movie which ends that series sort of um yeah. i won't say anything about that because we'll talk about that at some point and then what else do i do oh yeah and then i th- i think i buy the the graphic novel of ghost in the show um by shiro masanune um in uh right before 2017 like, this movie came out because i have there's a big sticker the big fat sticker on it saying you know like, you know, watch the movie or whatever it is. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't read that. Unfortunately, yeah, I didn't. I, I it, it was sitting on my shelf for like years until I think it was 2019. Is it 2018 or 2019? I, I read it on the way to uh, Kamloops as I was going to visit my grandparents. Yeah, it's either eighteen or nineteen, and um, that was a spe- I read it and it it was phenomenal. I actually read it twice. Like I had to read it twice because of how good it was. I it, it, it like moved me and I felt very like passionate about it. Oh fucking! It's so, it. such a good read. It's so good of a read. So then I buy um, the two other graphic novels that he's done, and I'll just say this: I understand the. Was it Ghost in the Shell Man Machine Interface? I think I have a idea of what that's about. Because mm. once you read it, sir, it's not what you think. It's it's very weird. Let's do a comic review. You have that is a multiple. That is it's almost like a surrealist uh, comic book in a way. Oh yeah, it's something. But and yet I think I understand it. Maybe. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. But right now we got to discuss our final thoughts on this film. Yes, let's, yeah, let's, uh, so that's, that's my credentials. I haven't seen Arisen, Arisen, Arise, nor have I seen 2045. Anyways, yeah, let's talk about this. So, sir, what did you think about Ghost in the Shell 2017? Ghost in the Shell 2017. Well, I realized, and I knew it was going to be the case. I knew the first time I watched it that, because again, I walked in with my arms crossed. I walked out with my arms to my sides, but like, oh, you know, there was more to that movie than I, you know, would have expected, but it was still kind of a bland, you know, just kind of a lesser remake coming in this time. I mean, I recently watched Ghost in the Shell in the theater a couple months ago, and so it's still a little fresh in my brain. But before we watched the remake, I watched the original like two days before we watched it. So, I mean, that's just setting myself up for disaster, you know, for <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Watching it this time, I realized there's, you know, some some really solid performances. Definitely a lot more in terms of the ideas than I would have given it credit for or would have expected. So, and just as a visual piece, I really do think this is an excellent film, and I will absolutely rewatch it just based on that element alone. Um, but still, I felt that the movie just was kind of boring in some ways. <laughs> Like things move really slowly, um, even though interesting things are happening. 
I'm not that invested throughout until like maybe, maybe the climax when I start to be like, oh, you know, this, this puppet master type character is actually a little bit more interesting than I realized. And the dynamic kind of uh, relationship with, um, is it Mira? I keep, I keep wanting to say <laughs> it is Mira, right? In this yeah, one. Yeah, it's Mira. Yeah. Her kind of relationship between, you know, her physical body and her mind and, I think that stuff's quite interesting later in the movie, but getting there, it's just a little bit slow. So I still don't ultimately necessarily like this movie, but I like it more than I did the first viewing by a long shot, I would say. So maybe on more viewings, I'll, I'll come away really liking it. But right now, it's just kind of like a six out of 10 type of deal. What could they have done to have improved it from by your uh, by your review there? What could have been done to do that? interesting because mm. what is it missing what is what is missing here as 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 Mira asks throughout this movie what is missing here i mean there's something missing that is it too attached to is it have to attach itself more from the source material that's the question yeah there, there was something i was wondering when i was watching it i kept wondering is the director too in love with the spectacle like we get a number of action scenes, we get a ton of like sweeping shots, and that stuff's beautiful. Yep. But maybe we get too much of it. And I mean, you could say in the original Ghost in the Shell that the plot takes a while to unravel. But for whatever reason, I'm pulled in instantly with that movie. This movie, it takes me a while to get pulled in. I'm not exactly sure what the science is that makes it different, but it's definitely different. Is it because that one was neo noir? And this one wasn't like it's I think it's try, this one's trying to be neo-noir, but it, I don't know if it's really doing a good job of that. Unless I'm unless I'm just like not unless I'm wrong on that. Absolutely not. I don't think it works in that regard. OK, I mean, a mild element, but it's it's more of an action piece, I think, than a you know, our or like detective piece. Again, yeah, Mira is very introspective in this, which I like. Uh, she's concerned about her past. Um. But yeah, there's there is something I, I I agree with you on that. There is something missing about this. I don't know what it is. Um, whether it's performances or if we need more, or if there's if there's too many people on screen, uh, mm. if they should have like cut the casting. I'm not, I'm not saying they should. I'm, I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it was more. We need some. We need her to be affected by the environment more as well, and not just be about her past. Like we need to maybe see. Heck, so social media could have been a great uh, use in this film huh. where we see all these people posting stuff online about themselves and she has a problem with that because she doesn't know who she mm. is. She's like, well, who am I? All these yeah. people, they, they, they're, they, they seem really happy that they have these cybernetics or you know they're just living their lives, but I, I don't, something's wrong with me. Like, why can't I connect with these people? Why can't I? Uh, do the same thing i don't know i'm just throwing that out there maybe that's something that could have been done might have been spelling it out too much but (laughs) (laughs) i i don't know i'm just i'm just trying to think especially like i'm just trying to connect like you know the city itself with like what mira was feeling throughout the film yeah i will say this i i feel like maybe because by the end of the movie i feel like scott johansson delivered another good performance another kind of multi-layered performance yep but early in the movie she feels a little bit just kind of flat robotic perhaps 
Yeah, very robotic. Maybe that was intentional. Yeah, definitely intentional. But it feels like it, it takes me a while to be like, oh, there's more to this character than I'm realizing. And for me to start to get invested in her, at the beginning, I'm kind of just like, yeah, she's kind of just there. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And again, this this could be very well influenced from the fact that we're looking at it through the lens of a remake. Well, I'm... Maybe if we just came in... Again, that's what I didn't do. I was trying so hard, and I, I feel like I've maybe accomplished it slightly, of I was trying very hard to not compare this to the original, even though we have to, and treat it as its own property, because this is an adaptation and it should stand on its own. And I think there is meat here that actually allows itself to be a standalone uh, complex uh, to make the joke uh, that it, it, it can stand on its own. I'm not saying equal to uh, ghost in the shell 95, but at least as its own property worth being talked about and discussed, but there's stuff missing that I think com- makes that complete. Yeah. And I don't even know if you need to jump right to 95. Maybe it's just another, kind of um continuations of or continuation of the themes of the ghost in the shell franchise yeah and are explored in a different avenue by americans like again can you i i feel like again there's there maybe i'm missing something but i feel like there's there's a discussion on corporations controlling the body but it's maybe it's just too subtle and i'm not seeing it or it's way right out there I, i don't know but i feel like they're talking about uh, corporations and and advertisements and propaganda everywhere and that should yes. be maybe affecting mira somehow as well yeah and i'll say this um tune in everybody maybe 10 years from now <laughs> when we revisit this film because i genuinely felt watching this i was like you know what i think maybe this movie in uh, maybe a decade or more is going to be looked at again and people are going to realize that this there's some quality stuff to this movie so because people watch blade runner when it originally came out and said ah it's a pretty hollow flick and it wasn't really until the vhs came out sometime in the 90s where people were like oh wow this movie there's a lot more to this so actually some stuff to it which is nice yeah you give this some distance remove it from that whole controversy i feel like maybe people will be able to view this just as a film and kind of look at what it's trying to say so this is going to get the not the, the Empire Strikes Back treatment and or not what hopefully the last Jedi will become. <laughs> hey, who knows what the last Jedi? Maybe maybe people look at that back and be like, "Oh, we were all wrong. All this stupidity. It's great." <laughs> who knows? I don't know about that film. That's what I'm worried about with that film the most. But that's not this film. That's not that film. This is this film. I, you know what? I actually don't even I disagree. Maybe we'll, ten years from now, we'll come back and see uh, what the discourse is on this film. Even though, again, I'm again full context. We're not talking. We we don't talk with other people about this. We've only talked about our this with ourselves, really. Yes, hundred percent. I haven't thought about this since I've seen the theater last in 2017 until you brought it up. Yeah. And even then, I didn't think about it until I started rewatching it today. So, <laughs> and, that was, and that was the whole point when you spurred it on me to say, like, oh, let's watch it today. I was like, okay. I had, like, no mention of it, but, like, good grief, we've, like, we have, have like, there's almost no meat left on this conversation anymore. That's how good it was, I'd say. Uh, discussion-wise, I mean. Mm. Oh, yeah, and I was going to quickly mention, 
What made you choose this one, by the way? Was it just on a whim or? Yeah, I still haven't also given my review of this yet. Um, Sort of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this was because Bent the Sage had reviewed this on his channel because was it uh, Standalone Complex 2045 was coming out at the time? This was April of last year. So this was around, yeah, so this is April 2020. And I had rewatched his review of 2017 and I was like, you know, this is a film that I should be, we should be reviewing um, because it's a bad movie. But as I watched it, he was very much comparing it to the original. I was like, what if we didn't compare it to the original? Again, I didn't, I know I didn't stand by that fully um, in, in this commentary, but it's impossible. But I gave it my darndest. Like I, I made an attempt. Dang it. I tried to as well. I made a dang attempt to not do so. <laughs> Even when I was watching Euro today, I said, just, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. It, yeah, I, I just, I didn't want to get, like, everybody says that. Everybody's always about comparisons. And I'm certainly one to, me, more than anybody knows what comparisons are like since I compare myself to everybody and put myself down. So for once, I was like, let's not compare and let's just treat this thing as its own. And holy crap, I was, like, impressed. No, oh, no, I was interrupting you, but I, I was just saying that when I watched it today, I was like, even though I watched this, the original, like a couple months ago, I'm going to try to go in just completely blind and just take the movie for what it is. And it stood up a whole lot better. That is exactly why I didn't watch pre-watch or read anything Ghost in the Show related till this. Now I feel I can go and read whatever and rewatch the films now, but I did not want to be spoiled and or um, have my appetite spoiled uh, by this because, again, it would it would just completely blind me to what this movie was uh it's its own thing so yeah my review is surprisingly i was more impressed by it and i yeah i was intrigued and and liked some of it more um the second time around uh there's 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 iconography that i can point out here and there but it is very much its its own thing It, it is worthy i think of the name adaptation Hmm. Uh, it it does its own thing. Are there problems with it? Yes, but it's not the surface level stuff that I think are the problems. Yeah, agreed. Uh, with the whole racial, uh, uh, the whole the whole racial dilemma there. I don't know if that's one of the problems. Again, I could be labeled a, a racist for saying that, but I. Yeah, and I don't think, I don't think the label of just a hollow Hollywood remake, which it got all over the place. Everyone said this is nothing but a Hollywood remake who's took all the ideas out and gave us nothing but action. That's just a completely wrong read of the movie. I don't I even mean, that's there, there's like barely any action. It's funny when an action scene came up. I remember reading reviews at the time and I even looked at some today where they were just like nothing but an empty Hollywood remake. They took all the ideas and replaced it with action. I agree there's a lot of action in this movie but I don't think they replaced the ideas with it. I mean, I, I just don't see that at all. I honestly, it's different ideas, but in some ways the same, if if you get what I mean. Yeah, no, sorry about that. Yeah. I absolutely get what you mean. I actually think that, you know, the one action scene we didn't like was, well, not didn't like, but thematically wise, why was there was the, um, or for story reasons, why was the fight with the garbage man, uh, on the water, why was that there? Mm. That didn't need to be there. Um, Except for a callback. So 
maybe my review also should be lose some of the references like lose like don't just absolutely go back to all that stuff and that chronography and the references weren't yeah eye rolling like star wars or whatever else nostalgia stuff that that um is fetishizing nostalgia um no this should have lost it so that it could make up its own identity yep I absolutely agree. I feel like those scenes actually distract from the movie because then it reminds you, oh, wait, this is a remake of Ghost in the Shell, that absolutely brilliant masterpiece anime. Yeah. And then you look at the movie and be like, is it a masterpiece? Is it brilliant? Eh. But that doesn't mean that it's not quality. Yeah, I, I'd say in my like, you know, binary system of, of like good and generic movies, this actually is a very, very, very low good for me. Me too. Yep. Heck, I might even own this. Like, I might actually legit... Maybe not the physical copy, but I might <laughs> own, like, the, the digital 4K copy of this and go back to it time from time. That's so funny. Uh, you you semi-not-intentionally interrupted me. Pardon me, sorry. When I was just about to, to say, oh, it's funny, when I bought this 4K copy, I text you, and you were like... You said some sort of negative thing. I don't remember what. I did say something negative. I can even... <laughs> I don't have my phone number right now, but yeah. I said something really dumb and because I didn't even hadn't even watched the film by that point. I'm you, I can eat my own words, sir. I, uh, I was wrong. Yeah. And all I said in reply was, I was like, eh, it was 10 bucks for the 4k. So I figured why not? I'll get the special features, which I never watched. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but now I'm, now I'm glad. And I, even when I put it next to my Blu-rays of ghost in the shell, I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm putting this next to it. Like, uh, now I don't feel that way. I, yeah, I'll go back to this movie. Yeah, who would have thought? I and you know what? Flipping the sign, I'm feeling it. Yeah, I'm I'm a very very low feeling it, but oh yeah, no, this is like a lo-fi kind of ambivalent. I'm feeling it, but like I, I'm feeling it nonetheless. Yeah, for me, it's a feeling it of like maybe when I on my next viewing, I'll like it more because I liked it more this viewing. So just no expectations this is what that's what it means by when we say like when people say go and do it no expectations that's exactly what we mean by this so very impressed very like absolutely impressed by this good job scarlet for this i know she's not where i you've been screwed over so many things but like for for once um you didn't deserve all the hate and backlash for this movie no yeah she's absolutely a quality actor i i feel bad for all the hate that she gets She's in the wrong crowd, unfortunately. Yeah, she does a lot of like mainstream blockbuster stuff, but the smaller stuff that she does, she's excellent in. Yeah, I no, mean, Black she's... Widow. Is there really much of a character there? No, she should have <laughs> like she, maybe her. Well, I wouldn't say biggest career mistake, but I can't, I can't say that. But her biggest career mistake is becoming <laughs> Black Widow. But if that were the case, she wouldn't have gotten her name out there. So, yeah, who knows. And she, and even when she was doing Black Widow, she was still in small stuff like her working with Spike Jones. That's the that's the nice thing, eh? She did that fucking great movie Under the Skin. Yep, I think the same year as her. Like she hasn't stopped working in indie stuff. She just, I think, is more well known for the the blockbusters. But yeah, she was in your favorite movie, Hello C- or Hey Caesar, or whatever it's called, Hello Caesar, or Hail Caesar. Excuse me, that's what it is. Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar. There you go. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No. Not a, I don't really love that movie, but yeah, she was fine in it. I mean, was she in that Hitchcock film? Oh, I'm not sure. Okay, 
like literally the title was i think hitchcock yeah hitchcock yeah, yeah. with uh with uh hannibal lecter i think yeah uh, but but I I've actually my uh, my computer is gonna die here. So. Yeah, sorry. Um, now at least one film that I will question her being in is uh, Lucy. That's the uh, that might be a future commentary of ours. Oh, Luke Besson, that guy. Yeah. I just don't know. I've never seen that one. So <laughs> uh, it's just my, my my biggest drawback to wanting to go. That is literally I saw that in what was it Godzilla twenty fourteen. That was a trailer for that, and it was like <laughs> humans only use. 10% of their brain. I'm like, nope. Because <laughs> I knew the I knew the myth by that point. I'm like, nope. We're not going there. Yeah, that's some schlock. Oh boy. But anyway, that's for another time. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, those in between who have listened to us. You're gonna cancel us because we said everything <laughs> wrong. You know what? Fair enough. Like Yeah, this this was the cancel evening. <laughs> yeah. Whenever that speakeasy comes out, dating myself, but <laughs> You know, whatever. Like it, it is what it is. We're we're standing by it of our reviews. I'm I I stand by this that this film is is okay. Go please go back and rewatch this without our us in your ears. Yes, and thank you for picking it because uh, it's it's worth something. I mean, honestly, I, I probably would have never watched this again unless a podcast that I was interested covered it. Aha! Uh-huh. And we- I was like, uh, it's been ten years. So I guess I'll watch it again, but. Since you picked it, I mean, I'm very happy to have watched it again. I I got to you before the podcast did, or your your dang your dang old podcast did, for once. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to call myself a hipster or anything like that or trendsetter. I'm just saying, like for once, I got to something before he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I again, it was sometimes you watch movies, you 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 hate them. Eh, maybe give it a couple years and try them again. I mean, that's that's the lesson today. Time is. Time, you know, heals. Time that depends on the person, of course. Time heals. Time is is just weird. Time is, time can hurt people more. Time can heal people more, and time can just change people. And it changed us in this way because I never would have. I, I mean, when I say I never would have imagined myself giving praise to this film, at least some <laughs> praise to this film. Excuse me. Me either. <laughs> the weird thing. So we certainly set the bar high for. Um, animated adaptations or yeah, anime adaptations in Hollywood. Uh, so far the best one out of these. We'll, we'll say that. <laughs> yeah. We're one and O man. One and O they say. So more to come from this. I don't want to like, you know, cause we still have to, the ultraviolet basement is looking very uh, bare down there and a lot of cobwebs and dust. So I got to pick out some stuff for that at some point. Yeah, but there'll be a little bit of delay, if you know what I mean. Yes, as we unfortunately are starting a new retrospective series that I just came up with. Yeah, impromptu, but I'm pumped for. <laughs> Let's get with that. But that's that's neither here nor there. People, thank you very much again for listening to us. Um, take care. Thank you. And enjoy yourselves. And are you pro-augmentation slash becoming cyborg bodies or not? That's all I leave you with. Good night.
unfortunately, I um, I say unfortunately, but I had to actually buy it, not buy it. I um, rented this. Excuse me, I rented this on the Microsoft Store for like three dollars, just because I couldn't find a legit version of it on the uh, illicit side of things, if you know what I mean. (laughs) So that was kind of fun. Also, like, felt pretty long. Like it was longer than I thought. Or I remember it being, excuse me. Oh, that's not that long. I was surprised it was so short. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fair enough. I did pause it at one point. Come back to it later. Um, all right, let's start this.